Welcome to the Thousand and One Critical Days podcast. I'm Andrea Ledson, and ensuring that every baby gets the best start for life has been my passion for over 20 years. This podcast will feature parents, politicians, practitioners, and academics who've been part of the Early Years Healthy Development Review. In each episode, we'll be exploring every aspect of the early years and discussing how we can make sure every baby gets the best start for life. In today's podcast, I'm going to be chatting with Imran Hussain, Director of Policy for Action for Children, and someone who's been so closely involved with all of the work on the vision for the 1001 Critical Days. Imran, it's great to talk to you and thank you so much for having done all that you have to support the best start for every baby. Thank you, Andrea. We're really pleased to be involved in it. Well, it's, it's great to be chatting to you. And, uh, you know, as we were working on the first phase of the vision for the 1001 Critical Days, Action for Children really did help to get involved and arrange for families for us to speak to, parents and carers. You gave us the benefit of your own wisdom. So now, what do you think are the um, best outcomes of the review? You know, what, what, what excites Action for Children most? I think, the, I, think the, I think the first thing to say is just uh, the importance of the review. I mean, I think this is a really important issue. The review uh, was incredibly serious and, and, and is very timely. So yes, we, you know, uh, you and I and others know about the importance of the early years, but for many people out there, they don't properly understand just how important those vital early years are for uh, brain development of babies. So I think talking about that will increase and you know, improve people's understanding. It's a very serious review. I mean, I was really impressed uh, just looking at the report again this morning, the numbers of people who contributed. I mean, we put a lot of effort into it and you know, we, we had our parents and our frontline staff contributing. But I did see that lots of academics, lots of charities and other experts contributed huge numbers. And I thought, I think, that, you know, the way you went and the way your team went about that, uh, with, uh, including with all the various advisory groups, just shows what a serious bit of work it was. And it's incredibly timely, you know, looking at what's happened before. The, 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 you know, your rev review talks about a, a lack of uh, investment over time, but also right now the pandemic and the future potential for the uh, difference we can make. It gives the government a roadmap for the future. Uh, and so, you know, we want, we want to work with you. We want to work with other people to make sure that the government goes down the, the right road and, uh, and follows that roadmap. And it's amazing, isn't it? Um, you, you've been involved with um, the early years for a very long time. And I find it extraordinary that there is such agreement amongst those who are in the early years sector, whether they are midwives and health visitors or whether they work for a charity such as Action for Children, um, Barnardo's, NSPCC, the Royal Colleges. There's so much agreement about the vital importance of supporting families better in that critical period from conception to the age of two. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I would also add there's also cross-party uh, a consensus as well in this area so that's you know that's the really really positive sign that, that you know people the evidence base is pretty clear uh the people who work on these areas at the front line are pretty clear what needs to be done the academics are pretty clear and uh, so uh you know we really should be able to make a difference here and i think the review uh, you know, shows 
uh, as how we can make that difference in a uh, in the long run, but also pretty soon as well in the short term. Yeah, yeah. And of these six action areas, the seamless start for life offer, the family hubs, the digital version of the red book, the workforce reform measuring outcomes and the leadership of all of those six action areas what do you think is the most significant one Imran if you had to pick well okay well I was thinking about this beforehand and I, I came up with four of them so that may not be very helpful for you <laughs> prioritizing it but certainly the, the clarity the first one about the clarity of uh the offer and so there's the system kind of you know there's a system there's an understanding uh, um, you know, that we need to think about these early years in this particular way and think about uh, of making sure that people know there's a clear offer. I think that's incredibly important. I think on the family hubs, the second one, definitely, you know, we'd like, to, we'd like uh, the review to really kind of galvanise the government's thinking about family hubs and make sure there are family hubs in every community. I think that's incredibly important. Um, information uh, for parents, um, uh, as you know, when you came down to our uh, to visit uh, our Devon Centre, we talked about our Parent Talk uh, um, digital service, and that's in the past year seen such demand for it in terms of the resources that are available on the website, but also through the one-to-one -one chats. We've seen such demand, including from people who, are, who are in the past we don't normally reach, like dads or older people, uh, around these issues. So uh, you know, we're seeing that, and I think. Um, the way that you know, you're talking about maybe uh, having the kind of the front um, the NHS as a front door for information is incredibly useful, um, and it may, you know it, it might be a you know for us as an organisation it might be a really good opportunity to, for our resources to, to reach a, a, a bigger group. So those are the kind of uh, the first three bits, the first three yeah. ones, uh, of of your the action areas. But I think what's also really important is the action area around evaluation and improving services and particularly the point about um, uh, outcomes framework so let's have an understanding local level national level about what are we trying to achieve mm. for, for individual children but also for the population of children at large so i think that also you know once you get that once you get that common understanding i think again that will galvanize action and uh, you know, and 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 we're all really clear about what it is we're trying to do. Yeah, that completely agree. And so, um, for the benefit of our listeners, Imran, can you just uh, run through the services that you offer? So, so Action for Children nationally around for over 150 years. We were set up as National Children's mm -hmm. Home, and we uh, and right now we run lots of different services, um, whether children's centres, family hubs, um, adoption, fostering, family support services. Um, uh, um, services for young carers and so it's a wide range mental health services uh, that we run in schools a digital service a parent talks a really wide range of services in Devon we work really well with the council there uh, um, in our earlier service uh, uh, which is children centres and um, over time you know um, um, that was very that was universal over time it's become had to become a bit more targeted talking to the council and you know and making sure that uh, we can do what they're after, what they want to, want to want to achieve so um the relationship we have in devon with local authority is really strong uh um i mean when you came in uh, uh to the service you know we had a um a round table i think you were able to meet some of the local authority uh, uh members and officials 
and and you can see like how much they value the service and how you know how sh and it was a you know a real sort of two-way exchange and would you say that uh universal is essential for every area i mean that's what the review is proposing is that open access to family hubs and also universal services for every family is absolutely key here yeah i, th I think you know we, we, we one of the things we wanted in review was that kind of focus on on universal um and i think the report again like, uh, makes it you know shows why that's necessary i think you know if you don't do universal then how are you going to do uh, targeted you know yeah. how are you going to see the families that that you need to help uh, in the targeted ways that, that you know you need universal services to do that really yeah and also you know you know the, the making it universal takes away some of the stigma you what you don't want is a service where people feel they engage with it they're basically telling everyone else that they're a problem family yeah so, so those two elements, uh, I think, are, you know, re are really important. And what, what reasons why we did a universal offer, and then from there, uh, you know, we can bring in other things, whether they are specialist help, uh, where families can get more targeted help, or I think what, what the report talks about, sort of universal plus services, so the kind of wider things that which help families like uh, debt advice. And of course, one of the changes I think we've all discovered during the pandemic is that in fact virtual services can become incredibly valuable you've already mentioned parent talk but i think um, our listeners would be really interested to hear a bit more about how that's worked and how that supported families in lockdown actually children we established uh, a service called parent talk just before the pandemic but it was a very small service for yeah uh, um and um and what it is is two elements to it there's um, information, advice, guidance, and, and toolkits on our website. It's all free, um, and a wide range of different issues. So whether it's, you know, for typically you know uh, your child staying up, you know, having trouble sleeping at night, you know, some advice on what you can do and things like that. So you've got information like that, and the other part of the services of the service are one-to-one -one online chats with a, uh, a family support worker so someone who knows what they're doing who's who's, who's, who's trained and uh and so they you know if, you, if, you, if there's a particular problem then you can go and get help uh um, um and and talk to someone now as the once the pandemic hit so we noticed two things one the the numbers of people just desperate for advice went up uh, so the number so numbers using our resources went up or using the one-to-one -one chats went up and we also noticed that the reasons why they were coming to us were different to the ones pre-pandemic uh, they were much more serious and, and so particular things like uh, uh, worried about children's mental health um, now about a third of the people who come to uh, our one-to-one -one chats are uh, parents of children not to five so we, so we get lots of people with young parents, uh, with young children uh, very, uh, coming to us and, and, and incredibly worried about uh, um, uh, you know, the problems they're facing. And obviously with the pandemic, uh, you know, we in our frontline services were seeing um, parents uh, isolated. Um, um, so particularly, um, say, mothers in rural areas. Uh, you know, were having that kind of you know face-to-face uh, -face contact, they really uh, uh, benefited from. And also, I think we're worried that 
one of the, one of the kind of um, legacies of this crisis will be children, young children who've just not had the kind of interaction with, with other people, with other children, uh, um, are sort of you know, doing less well in terms of their communication, their language development. And that's something that will need to be addressed. Yeah, yeah, I think you're so right. And of course, as we know, um, babies who have delayed speech, unless they catch up early, will then suffer significant, um, significantly being left behind as they go through the school system. It gets harder and harder for them to catch up. So mm -hmm. catching these issues early is absolutely critical. And I do think that the feedback we had in the review on your parent talk helpline was fantastic. I'm just wondering if we need a baby talk helpline one-to-one, -one, perhaps a, a national one, Imran. That's something to think about. No, absolutely. And I, th and I think, you know, the government's doing a, a lot of things. Obviously, there's lots of discussion, debate about education recovery from COVID. I think that discussion, which I think Kevin Kellins was trying to do, that discussion has also got to think about uh, uh, preschool. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I totally agree. So just um, changing the subject slightly, Imran, when I came to visit Devon, both times, once virtually, once in, in person, um, you'd arrange for me to meet with lots of different families and carers, um, all sorts of different people, single parents, same-sex couples, couples who'd split up, um, you know, pe people in, in all sorts of crises and none. And we also, if I recall, met with a group who, of uh, people who tried sort of breastfeeding support and so on. Um, and as you know, as part of the review, we're proposing that every local area should have a parent and carer panel. Um, can you give me your thoughts on that, Imran, and how you think that could work? I think that's really important what you're talking about because that's that's you know that's uh, that's about designing a system that has the needs of parents at its heart. And so um, you know, and I don't, and I really struggle to think how you can design uh, that kind of system without. Uh, having that kind of input and involvement of, 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 of parents. So, um, you know, for, for all sorts of different reasons, I think, you know, from just on a straightforward system, you know, how can you do it otherwise? But also there is, like you said, there are lots of different groups and different experiences that may not be properly understood unless you kind of talk to them. So whether it's dads or whether it's uh, people from BME communities or whether it's lone parents, how, you know, uh, you know, I was really pleased to see that, in, you know, in your review, um, that throughout it, it, it you know, uh, there was a, every, you know, you coming back to that point that there are lots of different groups out there, and we've got to make sure uh, that uh, they have a role, a big say in uh, how the system is developed, and how the, and how we kind of monitor the, the impact, um, uh, the, uh, the performance of the system as well. Um, I mean, my own in my own past when I was a, a, a Breakthrough Breast Cancer, which is now Breast Cancer Now ch Charity, we did uh, um, not quite the same thing, but certainly we had, you know, there, there, was a, there was a participation project which was about involving patients in the design of breast units, and that was incredibly successful, and it's still going on at the moment. I remember when we spoke about that, and you said how the um, breast cancer patients could talk about how they wanted a place to, to look when they walked in, and, and of course the same, that's so true with parents and carers, isn't it? We had a, a fantastic round table just recently with parents to, to help us to put together the design principles 
for parent and carer panels. And you almost kind of want it to be like a trip advisor. You know, I, I had great help from my midwife, but then I couldn't get a health visitor. And then when I went to the, um, to the clinic, you know, it was, it was very unfriendly and I couldn't, you know, no, my baby was crying and there was nowhere for us to sit. You need to know these kind of yeah. things, don't you? Because quite often, there's, of course, they're never meant in a hostile way, but quite often they're, they're a slight thoughtlessness or perhaps a failure to put yourself in the shoes of that new parent who's struggling. And so hearing the voices of parents, what went well and badly, is really helpful in, in designing and improving the system. And also, up, you know, I can see, um, you know, using that TripAdvisor analogy, if I'm sort of looking to move home, which for some reason we all do as soon as we have our first pregnancy, everyone sort of seems to think, right, I'll just move county whilst I'm pregnant. And so actually having that kind of, well, you know, Northamptonshire is okay in these areas and Oxfordshire is better in those areas. It, it actually helps you to make some pretty big life choices, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd I, I say we moved home pretty soon. Yeah. After so, but yeah, I, so know, I mean, you know, again, one of the kind of, uh, one of the, kind of themes of the, re the review, as you know, is about data and about insight. So if you, you know, if we're making if we're making big decisions about a really crucial period of children's development, then like we need to be confident that we're making them on good data, and that we're getting the insights we uh, that we need from parents. And I think you know, uh, uh, parents, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, will want uh, to kind of share their experiences. And I think also the, the workforce, they people would want. To hear, uh, um, you know, what what patients are feeling and thinking, and will want, uh, you know, uh, to have that kind of desire to kind of make things better and improve things constantly. Imran, you'll have a view on uh, the value of volunteers and charities in the earlier space. I mean, it, it's always astonishing how how much support for families, whether it's breastfeeding advice, whether it's you know, the lovely work that Homestart does, whether it's, um, you know, people running mum and baby groups um, on a voluntary basis, they do so much for supporting the early years period, don't they? And I just wonder what you think about the sort of co-commissioning of services to make sure that those um, amazing people also get included in the sense of properly supported and trained to be able to help families. Yeah, as you say, you know, lots, of, lots of the good stuff that's out there at the moment, supporting parents, supporting those young, uh, you know, very young children. A lot of that comes from the civil society. Um, those, you know, uh, so, you know and, and those people who work there will want to be, you know, also be looking at what, what, how can they kind of improve their contribution? What can they do to kind of support families better? Um, now, obviously, there are all sorts of things around training or funding for ch charities that come into it as well. Charities want to be in this area because they see uh, the need for, from parents who are vulnerable and they see the need to help children to build their potential. So that's why charities are there, because it's such, such a key moment. Um, and, uh, and I think you know, they'll want to be uh, involved. If local authorities, national government can think about how they can support charities to be involved, then that, yeah. you know, that, that benefits the whole system. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that sort of takes me to my really final question. What do you think success looks like, Imran? Yeah, I mean, I think there's an, in the long run, I think success is about having, you know, uh, 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 
a healthier society and a better, you know, a stronger yeah. economy. And, yeah. that, and, and, and so part of that is like you're making sure children are sort of school ready, uh, that we, we kind of cut the attainment gap, um, that, uh, you know, we kind of through this work and other work that we can help re uh, shape governments thinking about child poverty a bit more. Um, and I think there's a number of indicators I think that you can look for. That's the longer term. What, what can we do before that? And I think there are things like having a family hub in every community, uh, having uh, information, uh, um, advice available uh, 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 to more people. I think I really like the birth registration idea. I, I, uh, yeah. I think that if you know, if a greater percentage of birth registrations were in, were in children's centres, uh, family hubs, I think that was, that was so good. Um, I think, uh, uh, I mean, the, the number of centres of, of family hubs, uh, you know, it's not the be all and end all, but I think it does matter. Face to face uh, and digital, well, it's, they're not binary, but, uh, you know, face to face gives you things that uh, digital doesn't. So I think yeah, you yeah. blend right. But ultimately, you know, to mention some of the outcomes in the longer run and the shorter term, but ultimately, uh, um, you know, I think as, as your report concludes, ultimately, what we're talking about here is probably the most important investment that we in society can make. It's probably got the best return of any investment as we in society can make. So I'm, I think uh, um, your review, uh, uh, you know, as I said earlier, is a roadmap for government. I think it's on all of us now to kind of get the government to deliver on it. Brilliant. Well, thank you, Imran. It's such a pleasure to talk to you as always. And it's been a great pleasure working with you. And I look forward to the next visit to Devon or wherever <laughs> else it might be. It's great. It's great working with you. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, thanks. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please be sure to subscribe through the link and wherever you usually listen to your podcasts. And if you'd like to get involved, perhaps in a future episode, or to share your thoughts, please reach out to me through my website, andrealedson.com.